Hello, and welcome to the Keep. My name is Dylan C., and I'm the Night Reader. Would you join me? Mind your head, I've a lamp lit through the doorway. There, on the round table. I won't have a seat. I've prepared a wonderful story for you. I like to take a look at inspiration as a whole and what moves us as humans towards physical action. My literary analysis and inspirational podcast is about just that. It's full of new and upcoming artists, writers, young influencers, and long-standing figures of motivation. I move through difficult texts and interpret them in a way that anyone can understand, as well as adding my personal flavor of voiced characters and musical themes to the mix. This is a show where you can educate yourself, learn about yourself, feel inspired to follow your own passion, share your writings, poetry, relax, and enjoy some stories. The round table has enough room for all those who are willing. Welcome to the 14th episode of Night Reader, a podcast of literary exploration and inspiration. Thanks for being here. I hope you enjoyed my promo in the beginning there. Quick shout out, though, to my best friend, Johnny D, who I will link in the show notes. He helped me voice some of the shouting sailors in the prior episodes. He's been my lifelong friend since I was 10 years old. Thanks, Johnny. Also, If you like what you hear, please subscribe to me and review me on Apple Podcasts. Also, check out all my socials for my new Night Reader and literature-themed merchandise. There are so many cool designs that I'm very proud of. Perfect for the book lover in your life, and all proceeds from that go to helping this show remain intact and towards my publishing of my first children's book, which is something I'll share a little bit more about with you guys at the end of this episode. And one more thing here. You guys should absolutely be listening to my podcast on CastBox. It's my favorite podcast app. You can find so many cool different podcasts on there. Night Reader uh, has all the big ones on there. Uh, My favorite thing about it is the live cast option, which is the only, CastBox is the only one that has it as far as I know. It's kind of like going live on Instagram or Facebook and all different listeners will tune in, even people who are not subscribed to your show to check out what you're going and it's a really cool way to interact with listeners and stuff like that. So you can find Night Reader Podcast on CastBox and a bunch of other ones. I absolutely recommend you guys go check that out, download it, and use that. I welcome you to listen to any prior episodes and learn more about me and what the show is about. But today is part three of your favorite reads, akin to episodes six and nine. Your favorite read episodes are where we hear from readers from around the world, what books have inspired them towards physical action, 
change their lives in some way, pushed them towards a lifestyle or career, or just largely affected them somehow. It's my personal belief that literature influences far greater than we give it credit for. This is what I like to take a look at here in this podcast. I like to begin these episodes with a piece that I've written. Uh, generally, my show is inspirational. And this episode, my piece is about an experience I had with a dying seabird that I encountered with a group of children in San Francisco while on the job at the piers. It also serves as a reflection of loss in general, how I deal with it, how humans deal with that sort of thing. It's a truly deep passage that I plan on publishing sometime soon. Now, funny enough, I was pressed to write this piece at the same time that my son came to me with the realization of what death is. It was a huge turning point for me to see the realization pass over his forehead. Have you ever seen someone's reaction when they realize that they're going to die someday? It was so terribly heartbreaking that it was up to me to explain it. It was so difficult and funny enough, it happened around the same time that this beautiful bird passed and I laid it to rest at sea. The piece I'm going to read you differs slightly from the poetic one that I want published. The one I'm going to read for you guys has a bit more explanation in the beginning and end. Kind of like a forward and an outro type thing. After we hear my piece, we will be hear hearing from the wonderfully dark and insightful hosts of the podcast Dark Topic, which is now morphing into Crime Machine. He is incredibly talented at what he does, and he actually inspired me to start my podcast. With his serious yet playful tones and deep insights into some of the most terrible crimes that have ever been committed, his voice is a staple in the true crime community. Not only that, but he manages to bring these nightmarish crimes to life with voice acting and other cool things that he does. I'm sure you can hear his direct influence on my show. I really look up to him and I'm beyond excited to have him speaking here on my show. So we'll hear from him. What books inspired him growing up towards his lifestyle and hobbies today? Which books had a large effect on him? We'll then hear from the rest of the night readers and their favorite books with some accompanying music behind. Again, thanks for being here. Let's get started. Since I've already explained my reason for writing this passage, I'm going to jump right into it. I truly hope you enjoy what I've written for you all, as it's very personal and close to my heart, as most of my writings on this show are. I'd love to hear what you guys think of it. Thank you from the bottom of my heart for listening. And without anything further, here is my piece, titled, I Release My Bird. It's funny, I have a notebook full of titles. Titles for songs, poems, novels. I wrote one down last year on a whim. It was called, I Release My Bird. But the opportunity to write it never presented itself. I was never inspired for it, or, I suppose, I wasn't ready and at the right point in my life to write it. It's crazy how things work out that way. I was at work and went down to ready one of our cutter rowboats for a row with some children. As I approached the end of the pier, sitting there was a great gray seabird called an albatross. 
He seemed to be terribly lax and something was the matter with him. He seemed to be close to death. He peered up at me with black beads of eyes that seemed to know the world. The Basin of Brine Surging waves of thought that beat at the interior of our skulls. We tumble through our lives in such loss of control and such false ideas of control. Waves of thought, yes, we are tossed without grace. Pulse in me, pulse in you, great bird of the sea. We came upon you in your dire times. Were you not frightened by us? In your regurgitating turmoil, is it help you seek? Did you wish for a reprieve? In your small, buoyant, and instinctive heart, you already know what was to come. And whence came you, beautiful albatross? It seems you hold the wonders and grace of the world in your full breast. A heavy load of cargo to carry, surely. Yet they float like feathers on your back. Those black teardrops eyes fixated on mine. If only you could speak your sights and pains. I went about my obligations with no thoughtlessness of you. Not for a moment did I forget your sprawling and pained cries. Can't I touch you? Can't I cradle you in my arms so you know you're loved? No, alas. Though you're not scared of my touch, I can't bring myself to touch you. Not yet. I did not wish to leave you, and for so many eyes to be on you in your time of death, and not grace. Would that be fair for such youth to see? We will take off our eyes, and leave you to rest in your dying hours. But, not before I let you know of your singular beauty, my appreciation of your wonder, you beautiful and most majestic creature. Don't think that I won't be back to check on you, as my heart sinks faster than the heaviest of anchors in the thinnest of oceans. Blood is thicker, they say, yet not a drop is shed today. The passing of such beauty in life goes round and round. It's something familiar to me, and yet every time I'm presented with it, I'm terribly affected. In these instances, it seems I have a duty in aiding you through the slim and constraining passage of life. I will, Bird. I will. So I leave you now, still breathing, and my cheek turns to stone. You seem to choke on the lively air. Is it a drink of water that you seek? Your exasperations leave us both breathless. If only I could get hands on you. And here I am, with a bit of fresh water to revive you with. You did look thirsty. But wait, is there hope yet? Have you flown your watery coop? No. There you are, just at the end of the pier. 
Now your long feathers blow loose in the wind. The tight grip of life that held you has loosened its terrific hold. I won't believe it's happened yet. You passed alone down here. Were you looking for our eyes? Did you wish to be alone? Did you ponder this at all? I believe so, I do. My water is fresh. I pour life onto your drooping wings, tucked so beautifully at your side. And in this draped state your body was in, your true girth and beauty shows. You must have flown the world fifteen times, bird. Sailed Cape Horn, over the canyons and down through the valleys. And the frayed tips of your gray, white, lofty feathers must have scraped the underside of heaven as stars flaked off into our atmosphere. It is no wonder, then, the magic I felt at your gaze, with all your life and memories pushed to the forefront, right behind your eyes. Your life has left you, Albatross, to my stinging heart and eyes, and so I sit with you, and I tell you again of your beauty. How I wish to stroke your frightful feathers, yet my hands falter. What life still stirs in thee? Alas, I can see you are gone, and what will come of you if I don't help you now? Where do you belong? Back where you came from, I believe. It took my heart a few minutes to decide upon that. So now, let me touch you finally. One hand, then two, so slowly. You are so warm still, bird. The last touches of life flutter in your belly. The touch of your silky feathers round my worn fingers. Ever so softly I squeezed. Back to the salty green fields. The tides of God. The deep maelstroms from which you were surely born. Majestic. You deserve a burial at sea. And I know not what will come of you after this. I only know that I must act for you. So much larger than you first appeared. A great bird, truly. I gingerly hand you back to your mother by way of sea. But she will not sink, seabird. I push you below, like the fish we sometimes release back to the rivers afresh. But you are not done seeing the world yet now, are you? In death... You float so gracefully and beautifully, I could hardly tell you'd ever stop breathing. And so, I release my bird. Goodbye, my sweet freedom. Your expansive view from bird's eye I will forever ponder. Generously loving am I, so I feel your soul sweet mine, and it's larger than most would give you credit for. The salt in your belly matches that of my eyes as I turn from you. Let it be. Let you float to where you will float. What am I releasing in this instance? The lifeless bird, yes. But what from inside me seeped into his lightly warmed heart? Something did, surely. And now it drifts away. And that's okay. Where did you float to? Are you still floating out of sight, beautiful bird? You seem 
my unattainable dreams. Just a couple days later, I received word from a friend who was perched even higher up with a greater view of the bay. They had witnessed my returning the bird to the ocean and decided to lock eyes on that floating bird long after I turned my back. Thank heavens they did this and shared their findings. They told me this. That that great bird floated out to the middle of the bay. And hundreds of different species of seabirds that stand on the seawall daily, like guardians of their great bay, all congregated to the skies in a circular motion. What of this then? What will you do, brotherly birds? They swooped down, all together in one big bunch. Maybe they did not know the bird had passed. They come down, land beside you, and continue to circle. There is nothing vicious about this descent, no. They have come to pay respect your glorious life. My spirits were lifted high when I learned this has happened. They rise and leave the bird, either finishing their funeral or realizing his passing. The bird floats on out past the seawall and into eternity. Rest in peace, beautiful albatross. Why did this affect me so? One of billions you were, but you were mine in that instance. We were meant for each other in a way. I've learned something from you, and you seem to seep your skyward wisdom into me, no matter how simplified. And so, we all cast our wishes and dreams to the deep and hope that they return in the blazing, raging, watery form of a bull in the white waves, for you to mount and ride on into the throes of life. Yes, by the horns we are thrust forward, and by the feathers we are lifted on high to soar forever. Thank you so much for listening to my writing. I hope you've connected with it in some way, shape, or form. It was a huge thing for me. And I want to connect more with you guys. So have you experienced anything like this? How do you deal with it? Or how did you? It's easier for some than others. It oddly affected me, but I've always been like that. It really makes you think about what's important and perspective is so peculiar. How vastly different things can seem from eye to eye. The paths each of us walk are full of different hurdles and hardships. What's easy for me may be difficult for you, and vice versa. To try to explain what I believe happens to us when we die, to an eager and upset eye of a child, is one of the most unexpectedly hard things I've ever had to do in my life. And I had never thought of it prior. Hit me out of nowhere like a ton of bricks. It's something I'll never forget. Again, thanks for letting me share my piece. Jack Luna, host and creator of Dark Topic, which is now morphing into the show Crime Machine. I really look up to him and I'm beyond excited to have him speaking here on my show. So we'll hear from him what books inspired him. I'll play it for you now and I'll let him share with you. I hope y'all enjoy. Hello, 
This is uh, something I'm doing for Night Reader, uh, a podcast. You know, Dylan reached out to me and asked, well, I should say my name is Jack Luna. I'm from the podcast Dark Topic that has recently morphed into the podcast Crime Machine. And Dylan, your host, asked if I could send a recording of uh, an explanation as to the book that inspired me to start my podcasting venture. And I'll get right into it. My The book, the book that inspired me the most was um, Robert R. McCammon's Usher's Passing. I got on to Robert R. McCammon uh, when I was... I don't know, 12, 11, young, uh, a book that he wrote called Boy's Life. Uh, but, you know, as I read more and more of his books, uh, Boy's Life's a great book, by the way, but Usher's Passing really stuck with me and inspired probably everything that I'm doing now in that I really felt transported through that book. Uh, I look back and I, well, I think back on that and it feels like I was there. It feels like a memory to me, and it's the only book that has ever done that. Uh, I look back fondly on a lot of the books that I read. If somebody somebody says, "Hey, did you ever, you know, read Misery, or did you read, you know, anything Stephen King?" I'm like, "Oh yeah, I love everything Stephen King," or Koontz, you know. A lot of Koontz is a little corny to me, to myself. Um, I guess I don't think I don't think I can relate to Koontz in a lot of ways where I can with King. King had kids. I have two kids. Um, Koontz is more like a dog person and no, no disrespect to dog people, but, um, I'm not sure if he had kids or not, but I mean, he really focuses on his golden retriever and all that stuff. And I just kind of started to, when I read the odd Thomas series by, by Dean Koontz, he lost me a little, although I did enjoy it still. Um, but I'm not sure where I'm going with this. Sorry. I went through, I went through all the classes, you know, John Saul. I love the homing. Um, Stephen King. I really got stuck on Koontz. I love his old stuff like whispers. Um, But the one that really got me, that really got me would be as an author, Robert R. McCammon, because he, you know, it just feels like there's a wizard creating these stories. Everything that he writes Especially Usher's Passing. Usher's Passing starts with, you know, the Edgar Allan Poe poem, um, Fall of the House of Usher. Is it even a poem? Maybe it's a story. I'm not sure. But it kind of begins there and you get to go into this mansion where, you know, the Usher family lived. And and there's all this um, this lineage in the back and uh, the, the house is haunted. The, the mansion is haunted. And there are kids, poor kids, living on the outside, kind of looking in, wondering what's going on there. And a couple of them end up going in. I won't explain the whole story to you, but I'll say this, is that what I said before, I felt transported by that book. And I felt like I was there. And I and I feel like now today that I, w- I actually was there. Uh, in my mind, when I think back, uh, it's... It's, it's like a memory, as I've said, and and that's what I wanted to create for my listeners when I started doing uh, my podcast, Dark Topic, uh, again, became Crime Machine, was to transport the listener to another place, to really take you away from whatever you're going through, whatever your, your, whatever situation you're living in. Maybe you can relate to some of it, maybe you can't. Um, I wanted it to be uh, a relief from the day-to-day 
things that happen. I want someone to be listening on the bus or listening at work and and uh, feeling grossed in something else. You know, here's here's what it is. You know, your childhood home maybe or even like a park where you used to play and you drive past it later on in life and you get the same feeling you had when you were a child. There are feelings about certain places, different feelings, you know, uh, even around certain people, different vibes. When you're around your dad, you're around your mom, you're around your brother, or you're around a certain friend or you meet up with a certain friend, that all those feelings come back and ushers passing. Even right now, I can feel it, the magic of it, you know. It, it really took me, it took me to another place. It took me right there. It made me almost believe in magic. Uh, there's a lot of magical things that happen with it, paranormal things. Um, and it and it feels real. And that's what I want to create for my audience again. So I thank you, Dylan, for uh, for for reaching out to me and, and making me think about that by asking me that question. Um, you did me a real service. And if sending you this little audio clip does you any service, then I feel like I repaid the favor. The favor? I guess. All the best, man. And all the best to your listeners. He speaks of being transported. And how every time he reads it or thinks of it, it's like he was there. How crazy is that? And it calls to mind some memories when I first read Harry Potter. Looking back, it feels like I was right there beside him through all the novels. I can even see still shots of the woods outside of Hogwarts. What simple words can do for our minds is truly remarkable. And that's what Jack wants to bring us with his show. And he does it very well. A transportation to somewhere else, even if just for an hour. Usher's Passing is the book that did this for Jack. And not only does it transport him back when he thinks of it, but it actually inspired him and currently inspires him to do what he does with his creativity. Back to what I say all the time, how strongly literature can influence us. Much more so than we realize. And I think that's beautiful. Jack, it was an absolute pleasure to have you. And from the bottom of my heart, thanks a million for stopping by the keep. Your name is now engraved in the round table. You can hear Dark Topic and Crime Machine anywhere podcasts are available. And I believe his main host, uh, hosting site is called Himalaya. Find his page on Facebook or wherever you listen. And let him know you heard him on the Night Reader podcast. Thank you, Jack Luna. We're now going to take a look at other night readers from around the globe and what books have had a large effect on them and why. Our first night reader today is Malcolm. The book he mentioned is called The Power of Intention by Dr. W. Dyer. Dr. Dyer is often referred to as the father of motivation by his fans. Now Malcolm says that for a number of years he was a security guard making less than minimum wage. When he was 32 years old, he got his hands on this book. I'm not sure if it was a gift or not, but he read it and it inspired him so greatly that he went back to school, studied vigorously for a number of years, eventually graduated and became a successful neuroscientist, a biomedical scientist at Oxford University, 
This man has saved lives and was clearly meant to. His pathway into that was a simple text on a page. I'm absolutely blown away by this. The book must be highly influential. It goes perfectly hand in hand with my topics of inspiration. What other medium has something that sticks in your soul when you read like a thorn? Had he simply watched an instructional video of inspiration or motivation, would Malcolm have achieved this? Maybe. Who knows? But I just find it so fascinating and incredible, really, that this has happened for him and so many other people. A little background about the book. Dr. Dyer says that the power of intention is another term he's coined for the law of attraction. Now, the law of attraction is a philosophy that positive or negative mindsets bring about positive or negative effects in our lives. Simply put, the way you think can vastly change the way you act. When you think bad thoughts constantly, bad things may happen. When you're positive, maybe you're prone to more positive things happening. That's not a magical force or anything. It's kind of just like, you know, uh, you are what you eat or something like that. Really, uh, if you have a positive mindset, you're more prone to do more positive things, I, I suppose. Like I said, I don't think it's as simple as think good and good things magically happen. No, I believe it's a combination of many things that go into what happens in our lives. So this book is a look at the law of attraction and how we can act and change our thinking and possibly see results in our lives. I'm sure there's a lot more to it than that, but that's just the gist of it. Malcolm, thank you so much for your response and read on. Our second night reader today is Eric. He's chosen a pair of books by the same author, Last and First Men and Star Maker both by Olaf Stapleton. These books were written in the 1930s, and they're incredibly unique. They're works of science fiction, and the reason Eric chose them is because the way they changed how he thought about the universe, life, time, and sentience. These titles are out of this world, truly. They take a fictional look at the history of life in the universe. Human species of this world human species coming to be and the relationship between creator and creation. It's a highly philosophical book and it deals with themes of life and death and other universal matters. They're very highly acclaimed as well. You can truly travel time and space with these novels. Uh, there's so many different ideas and takes on life and death and creation uh, that they swayed Eric's beliefs. Or maybe not beliefs, but ways of understanding his surroundings. We all know that holy books can largely sway crowds. And though this is not a holy book, I think it's one of the smartest and largest in scale when it comes to universe creation and whatnot. Truly intriguing, and I'll have to look deeper into them. Thanks so much for bringing them to my attention, Eric. Thank you for your response and willingness. Read on. Our third night reader today is Melissa L. And the book she has chosen is a story-turned-novel from the late 50s called Flowers for Algernon by Daniel Keyes. It's a short story that, like I said, was published in the late 50s and is considered highly influential and is taught in many schools around the world. I remember reading this story in the fourth grade. If you've never heard of it or seen an adaption, it's a story about a lab mouse that has undergone surgery to artificially increase his intelligence. 
and a man who is going to undergo the same surgery. Now, I don't want to speak wrongly about this book, as I am not wholly educated on it. But loosely, I will say that this book touches on many themes, such as mental and emotional growth, mental illness, and how we perceive it. I know that the author had struggles in his young life with mental illness that nearly hindered his writing. It's an incredible story. Now, this is super cool. Melissa chose this book because when she read it as a child, it got her so interested in scientific research that she pursued the sciences all throughout high school and into college. She also mentions a book called Complications, which I'll need to take a closer look at. She says it's her favorite adult read. But these books got her so interested in science that she grew up and went on to work over 10 years in lab science and now in cancer research. What would Daniel Keyes think? Boiled down, his letters on a page have resulted in a better and safer world. How absolutely insane to think about is that? It's just so invigorating to think of and entirely exciting. Make sure you keep writing what you believe in. Do not stop. You never know how you can change the world. Thank you, Melissa. And read on. Fourth night reader today, and this one is quite interesting. His name is Stephen M. And the book he has chosen is an absolute obscurity called Pharaoh's Pump by Edward Kunkel. And although I didn't have much to work with on this one, I found out some cool things. The book consists of a scientific hypothesis regarding the ancient pyramids, how they functioned and what they were utilized for. The book has numerous diagrams in it depicting and explaining the pyramid to be a giant water pump. Stephen read this book and was so highly intrigued that he eventually started a non-profit foundation called the Pharaoh's Pump Foundation. It is dedicated to exploration of ancient civilizations and modern energies. He even went on to write two books on the subject called The Lost Technologies of the Great Pyramid and The Pyramid Prosperity Machine. And yes, they're both about physical pyramids. Highly intriguing. Go check out the website at Go check out the website at thepump.org. Can you see how highly influential writing can be? Just with one idea or hypothesis, you can sway entire lifetimes. Super interesting. And I'll have to do some more research. Thank you for your response, Malcolm. And read on. Our fifth night reader today has chosen to remain anonymous. Her choice was a title I have never heard of and I found very interesting. It's called Quiet by Susan Cain. I never heard of this modern title before now. This piqued my interest greatly. I can tell by her response that this book means a lot to her. Her reason was this, that she learned that every path has value and that a quiet or whispering voice is not any less valid or legitimate than a loud one and that the book helped her understand herself much better. So what is this book about then? The title says almost all of it. Quiet. The power of introverts in a world that can't stop talking. A book taking a look at Western culture and how we sometimes can undervalue or misunderstand the traits and capabilities of introverts. I relate greatly as I'm an introvert as well. I never imagined using my voice for something like this. Never in a million years. I remember being in elementary and always 
being told to speak up. I never felt loud enough. Well, this book takes a look at that and how it's okay to be who you are. There's nothing wrong with being introverted or outward. We just need to try to understand each other better. A soft voice can be just as moving as a loud one. We all have different strengths and weaknesses. And a book that can help us bridge that gap between social oddities like that is just wonderful to me. I can't wait to read it. Thank you so much for your response and recommendation. And read on, Knight. Our sixth and final Knight reader. And this one is quite special and moving. Mental health is a huge part of our lives and affects us all, either firsthand or not. There are so many misunderstood topics, so much confusion on the subject that it makes it very difficult to find common ground to agree upon, especially with mental health being so incredibly fickle. No one person is the same and no one's diagnosis is the same. My depression and anxiety can vastly differ from yours. Mental health can be an incredibly scary thing. So anything that helps us better understand it, I believe is a godsend. This night reader's name is Janaba, and the book she mentioned is called All the Bright Places by Jennifer Niven. Or Niven. Sorry if I, if I mispronounced that. It's going to be adapted into a Netflix film in 2020. It's a young adult novel with some light romance tones about two high schoolers who are falling in love, but are also battling mental health issues. I believe one character overcomes her demons while the other recedes into his sickness. It's supposed to be an incredibly deep and touching story that has won quite a few awards. For Janaba, she says this of the book, that it has done a lot for her, educated her on mental health, inspired her to write poetry, and introduced her to a new age of young poets, and even inspired her to publish her own poetry. It has given her the confidence to speak with her counselor about the problems in her life and helped her open up in a way that she couldn't have before. It's impacted many aspects of her life. This is largely moving to me, so much so. It almost leaves me speechless. I hope the author knows the impact she's had. I'm sure she does. And I'm sure there are thousands more who feel this way. When we see something that we think is taboo in our world, or weird, but we normalize it in a way like this, in a way that it should be, it can help us realize that maybe there is help. Maybe I'm not the only one who feels like this. And it's okay to feel like this. And now you can seek help. And be open about the things you once thought you had to be ashamed of. What an absolutely wonderful thing. Thank you so much for sharing this with me, Janaba. I can't wait to read it. If you struggle with any kind of mental health whatsoever, no matter what age you are, it's important to seek help. If you need someone to talk to, please reach out to me on Instagram or Facebook. We can talk about music, art, games, books, sports, life, anything. I'd love to be there for you. And always remember that there are other avenues to take. Speak to your teacher or your school counselor, your parents, or an adult to help you take steps towards healing. I promise you that your life is worth living. Thank you again, Janaba. And read on. I have so many more responses, but 
I need to save them for next time. I'd like to thank all the night readers included in this episode. Thank you so much for your willingness and responses. You've shed light on great books, shared some great things. I hope that those of you who have listened will go check out some of these books. If you get a book that you heard of on here, please let me know. Your responses and interactions mean a lot to me. And you guys really keep me going with your kindness and support. If you want to support my show, it'll always be free. But you can share and repost and subscribe to me on Spotify. Leave me a review on Apple Podcasts, iTunes. Those things would help me greatly. If you wish to help me more so and help me uh, with the upkeep cost of the show, you can donate directly to me on PayPal. Or check out my Night Readers Keep shop on Teespring. Find the link on any of my social media. There's a lot of cool uh, night reader literature-themed merch there, like Call Me Ishmael socks, Hungry White Whale socks, What Are You Reading shirts, night reader sweaters and mugs, even onesies for babies that say read to me. A lot of cool stuff. Anything at all would help me on this journey to publishing my first children's book. Thank you so very much if you find a way to help me like that. But either way, I will continue making night reader. And I will not stop no matter what happens. I'll continue to write. I'll be present online for anyone who needs a friend. I will continue to spread the love of literature and positive influencers and people that do good in the literary community. I will continue promoting pages and people that I believe in. Thank you, Night Readers, for being here with me today in The Keep. And I welcome you back next time for some more interesting stories. Remember, to always move past your apprehensions of creating art, you can do it. And you'll be glad you did. Keep your mind open and your heart at ease. Keep a good book at your side to keep your head up. I got a big project coming up. If you're an illustrator of any kind, any level, any age, get into contact with me. This episode was written and produced by Dylan C. And the poem at the beginning, entitled I Release My Bird, is legal property of Dylan C. Nightreader. And I do not grant permission to use it in any way. So go on, drop your swords, pick up your pens and ring spectacles, let us read on. <laughs>